on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I learned that during my early days. I was an early entrepreneur. And back then, you think you're invincible. I know. You're young. You don't need to sleep. You stay up till 4 a.m. to get the project done, whatever you need to, right? That's right. And then you start working smarter. I always say humans are like fine wine. As we age, we get wiser, we get smarter. Not that as a young man, you can't be wise. You don't have wisdom. But you learn all that through your journey. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, guys, Chaz Wolf, welcome back to Gathering the Kings. Today's guest is an incredible story. I've got Kevin Kwok on the stage and and everywhere from, or in the story, we take you from his being a software engineer to basically going bankrupt, he said, in his restaurant, all the way to a, an unbelievably successful digital marketing agency. Kevin, that conversation, I'm, I'm over here sweating, bro. Like, this was an incredible story. Thanks for being on the show. Was that as fun for you as it was for me? It was awesome. Yeah. Okay, so guys, grab your pen and paper. This story is one that you're not going to want to miss. I, I promise you that you get nuggets literally all the way to the end. So definitely make sure you pay attention and take good notes. Here we go. All right, everybody, gathering the kings. Back at you, Chaz Wolf as your host, and today I've got Kevin Kwok on the stage here. Welcome to uh, welcome to the King's Table, my man. Hey, thank you for having me join you. Yeah, man. So you're a fellow Kansas Cityan, so I don't get to talk to people in my own city very often. So it's cool we get to be in the same city, and we hardly even knew each other, but just a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. How do two kings of our robust nature exist in the same city and not know each other? So I'm happy to know you. I'm glad that you're here. For the listener, I already probably said this in the intro, but I'm excited about hearing the story because I know tidbits of this. And so you're really in for a treat here. Kevin, tell us what your business is. Tell us you know, about your team, just in general, your services. Give us a snapshot of what you're doing. Yeah, so we're a digital marketing agency here in Kansas City. Been around for seven years, going into our eight. I have a team of about 20. We have six here in the U.S. And then we also have a team that I developed over in Cebu, Philippines. Wow, and then we nice. also have clients both in the Asia market and also the U.S. market. So. That's incredible. So <laughs> you just lightly glossed over just some amazing stats there. But first off, you being in digital marketing, that's like a that's like a buzzword for the last, especially three, four, five years. But you were in the game much earlier than that. So tell us specifically the early years of digital marketing, because when you, when I hear digital marketing today, I hear a kind of guy on a laptop who thinks he's living the nomad life. And, and, and there's guys that do that. And that's great. But like you're running a real deal ship over there. So tell us about maybe the early days first. Yep. So it's very interesting. So uh, the way I got into the whole digital marketing world, right? Okay. So I'm a software engineer by trade, started, graduated back in 02, started 
becoming a software engineer. So write software for an international company of Italy. Um, They did pre-press software for the newspaper industry. Okay. So if people know the time frame around 2004, 2006, that window was when these little things started happening. Um, iPhones. And I would say, I wouldn't say iPhones. It was when but the whole BlackBerry phase, and then yep. you got the whole smartphone phase. It killed yep. the newspaper industry. During that time, I got laid off as a young man, and I had an amazing gig making six figures. You got to wow. remember, I'm in early 20s. You're uh, rolling in the dough, bro. <laughs> yeah, for back then, it was good cash. And pretty much Italian company, but then I was in the Midwest. So I got pay working from the plants here in the Midwest and got layoff. And during that time, it helped me to really identify. I was like, hey, there's these older executives whenever they got laid off, it was it really devastated their life because they had this yeah. lifestyle they were living, they were used to. So I decided to become an entrepreneur. So I was one, one of those before the Gary V days, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, young yeah. entrepreneur started a company called J29 Global. And right. at the time we were doing document imaging in Springfield, Missouri, where I went to college. Okay, yeah. For attorneys yep. to move their paper documents into digital format. Wow. Okay. We started doing that. I always make jokes about we were the hipster company before hipster was even <laughs> the word, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was around 04, 06, rent, rent an office downtown Springfield. So went through that for about three, four years, just like any young man decided to, um, just like you, I, I was a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. So make good money young. So decided, Hey, let's open a restaurant bar. Wow. <laughs> so decided to open this restaurant bar in this college town. And before and, before you jump in too much into yep, the restaurant, let me understand. You have this other business that you're helping basically people reimage their stuff into the new age. Yep. And that's going well. Yes. And you say, okay, so let me distract myself with another business. Because that's what a lot of business owners think, that you distract yourself with another business. But what you're what I heard you say is that you didn't do them at the same time. You built one. And you mm-hmm. felt confident with it. And then you started a second. Is that, is that a process that you've continued to follow? Or is that something that you did unknowingly? I think it was something I did unknowingly. Okay. Yep. Would you recommend that again? Or would you say, just go start seven businesses all at once, a listener? And- I would not. So I would say I was young. And it's good to have determination and that hunger. But I don't think I, I was as wise as I am now. Yeah, we're going to get into that wisdom uh, for sure. So you opened the restaurant and and it's successful right away or what? Tell us the tell us a quick story. It wasn't. So my dad was an executive chef. It was his dream to do something with his son. So him and I went into it and we kept the restaurant for about four years. It was a cage fusion restaurant with a fine Mm. dining element and a college nightlife. And three years into the business, we started paying off our debt. We were doing good. We're doing well. My father got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, dude. And it was one of those things that happened so quickly. Yeah. And it changed everything. So I actually, with that business, I took a bankruptcy. Wow. Yep. And in 2008. Okay. And then nothing else going on in the economy in 2008. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It was a, yep. It was the hardest time. I always say 
It's like similar to now. A lot of, if you started your business in 2020, it's tough. Yeah. 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 So pretty much, yep, that happened. Uh, And then I had to really reevaluate, hey, what's my why for Kevin Kwok? Uh, What do I want to do with my life? Is this where I want to be? And I pretty much strategized myself back into the digital IT world. So keep in mind, I was a software engineer who went into restaurant tier. Right. Which which might sound crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And with technology, it changes so fast. So the language, I was coding in VB6, CoFusion, and Java was just happening back then. So everything changed by the time I got out of the restaurant. And what I learned at the restaurant was interesting. So I promoted the entire restaurant using MySpace. Oh, wow. That's why I'm telling this story because you asked how I got into digital marketing. Yeah, yeah, you're tying it all together for us. I love it. Okay, keep going. So I built MySpace. I built a huge following. So I would say my following on MySpace was influencer status and being a college bar, it drove a lot of business. Yeah. So pretty much I decided to walk away from it, not just because it wasn't successful. It was just something I didn't feel was for me. Sure. sure. And through the grieving with my dad and everything, I didn't really have time to do that. So oh, I sure. walked away and um, pretty much started over and uh, went back to corporate America, worked for wow. people. And uh, yeah, and it was during that time I started getting back into the IT world and then slowly as Facebook started and all these things, some of my executives at the time, my management said, Hey, Kevin, you're outgoing. You understand <laughs> computers. You, you want to oversee social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I go throw, throw you now. Had, had you had any experience other than your MySpace or were you considered a guru because of MySpace? Actually pause okay. for, the list, for the listener who has no idea what MySpace is. Help us understand what MySpace was. Yeah, so MySpace, I would say early day, Facebook, very similar platform. And that gone, gone with the wind. And it disappeared overnight. They sold, and there goes Tom was the founder of MySpace. So it was very short lived. And then a new player came in, Facebook, and Facebook just took off. Took it away. So you were the guru at that point. That's why they wanted you running the social media stuff. They figured, hey, this guy understands software. Yeah. and this has something to do with the computer. <laughs> that tech stuff. You can manage it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. And if people know, social media is really marketing. Yep. In college, I took quite a bit, enough marketing classes to have a minor, but I wouldn't say that was my thing. Yeah. But then, so during my corporate time, short period, I started learning how these algorithms work on Facebook and then early adapter to LinkedIn. I was also using LinkedIn back in 2004 for job hunting, recruiting, different things like that. So that's how I ended up in digital marketing was really, I always say no one plan on digital marketing because there's no uh, social media degree back in the days. Most of the guys are doing it and done it for a long time. It was fell into their lap. Yeah. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs probably relate to that. And so if you're taking notes here right now, what I hear Kevin saying is that he's been quick to pivot. He's had trials. He's had different things that he's done uh, and learned and experienced that were in his wheelhouse and outside of his wheelhouse. 
But probably the biggest thing I've heard so far in your story is that you just kept going, even though maybe one thing didn't work out, or of course the loss of your dad, not knowing social media, but pressing into it and learning it. it just I'm getting like a persistence or a, like a just like a press in type of feel from you. Is that what you would say has been a huge part of your story? Yep, it has. It's just I think a big part of entrepreneurship is consistency. Yeah, man. I think too many times people give up too soon. Yeah, playing the short game. And and I love to, I'll tie that back here because at the beginning, I, I obviously introduced you as a king. You're a seven-figure plus owner. That's why you're on the show. But not all digital marketers, or for that matter, any listener here who's not in digital marketing, are at that level. But the difference is that you're not just laptop hopping, right? From coffee shop to coffee shop or from beach to beach, whatever. You're running a business. And, and yep. I think that's what you're saying is that Maybe that wasn't that way at the beginning. And so for the listener today, who's maybe doing the nomad life, the digital nomad life, or, or they're, they're a contractor, either way, by playing the short game, you're basically going to sell out too soon, as opposed to sticking with it, trying to build something that's going to last or, or be around in the next 10, 15, 20, 50, hundred years. And I think you said something that's great. There's a lot of digital nomads out there. There's nothing wrong with that. And, but you can't okay so everyone have a different goal right? right if you want a seven figure lifestyle eight figure lifestyle you can't do it by yourself there's only eight hours a 10 hours max and there's guys that sell the hustle 12 hours but you gotta live too i have two boys i have a seven-year-old and one does nine so they take i want to spend time with them i want to leave behind a legacy and if you do it on your own and i learned that during my early days i was an early entrepreneur and back then you think you're invincible oh. you're young you don't need to sleep you stay up till 4 a.m to get the project done, whatever you need to, right? That's right. And then you start working smarter as, I always say humans are like fine wine. Okay. As we age, we get wiser, we get smarter. Not that as a young man, you can't be wise, you don't have wisdom, but you learn all that through your journey. Yeah. You learn that through experience. And I learned earlier on, I am as su successful as the people that are around me. I love that. And it's the people that propel me. If I take care of my clients, I take care of my staff. They take care of you. Exactly. And I think a lot of people do it the opposite direction. They're like, hey, let's take care of myself first. Yep. Yeah. And let's just be honest, right? So as two seven-figure plus owners um, talking to the majority of listeners here today are, are six-figure guys, and they're trying to get to the seven-figure mark. And so what you've identified is likely the biggest issue for them. It's the fact that they're trying to do too much themselves. They're scared to make investments in people or in, in getting around people like you or I that can help them be more successful or think differently or whatever. And so they're trying to get to that level, but, and, and some of them even know, oh, I know I need to think differently or think bigger or play bigger or have a team or invest into people, but they're stuck in that. I got to get mine. How long does that game go until you really make that switch to now I want to take care of the people that are around me. I think there is, I think with that game, I think really for me, it started pretty early because I started seeing it. I think during my restaurant days, mm, you okay. know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it was a wake up call when my dad had cancer. It really, I saw my dad, he was an immigrant and a lot of immigrant come in and they put their kids through college and then they work really hard and they just save it. 
when I call it a mom and pop shop and it's enough to, I always say it's almost like creating a prison for yourself. You got to be there or there's no money, there's no revenue. And I right. told myself, I don't want to go through the path my dad. He did all right. He was, I would say he was a business owner versus an entrepreneur. Right. And so I was like, I don't want to go there. Pretty early on after I'd gone through my bankruptcy and everything, I was like, because for me, I'm very goal-oriented. So I was like, I got to sprint because I've lost time. Right. So how am I going to sprint to get there? And to sprint to get there, you got to run with other people. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's jump into your, your journey a little bit here, specifically regarding decisions. You've given us so much value already regarding building teams and, and obviously being vulnerable about your dad. Like, I hope the listener has paid attention because you've already given us enough to where if I walked away from this pod right now, that I would know some simple things that you've given me. So let's continue that train. But on the line of decisions, I want to hear a bad decision that you made somewhere in your, your story that you've been able to learn from, I'm sure. But tell me why it was bad and tell me why the listener should not make the same mistake. <laughs> yeah, I think decisions uh, for me, I think that restaurant was a bad decision on my part. Okay. I think when you're making money, there are good days and then there are seasons where the pandemic happens. Right. There's too much unknown in this journey that is outside of your control. Sure. So I think every decision you make, you have to really think it through. Okay. At first, it's good to take risk. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to be wise about the risks you take. 100%. And so why do you feel that was, are you saying that you didn't think through what the end result would have been? Yeah. So there you? was, there was several things with that, you know, the picture. I also met someone that I was young back then. I met this guy that said, Hey, let's open a restaurant bar. And I was like, I don't know him that well. And we went in that together. Right. So now I'm a lot smarter with who I get involved with, who I work sure. with, because Business partnerships are a lot like a marriage. Oh, yes. You don't just jump in. It is your child. It's every bit of your child. I always tell people I have three kids. You know, <laughs> I have uh, two, my two boys and my business. Know the people you're around. It's not just one year. Get to know. Don't yeah. just jump into a business partnership because right. you just met them and they seem like a good guy. That's right. No, that's yeah. super, super good. And I, and I think what I'm hearing you almost even more say is not so much don't partner, it's just consider, have wisdom, yep. because it's not like you're saying don't get married, right? Because potentially you can get a divorce or you could have <laughs> a wrong marriage or whatever. What you're saying is be purposeful. Yes. Um, whether it's partnership, whether it's the business type that you're in, I hear you say in the decisions that you're making, the ones that have come to you in a bad sense has been the ones that maybe you weren't as purposeful with. Yep. And sometimes, you know, it's things you get excited about and you jump all in, but instead don't base it on just emotional decisions. That's what I call it. Yeah. Emotion is good because that, that's what pushes us into risk, but to be calculated at the same time. I, it's funny. I've used this uh, kind of phraseology with some of my clients, as well as even just people that I know that I've known for a long time. We talk about business all the time, but it's, I'm such a risk taker, like to the nth degree, I'm willing to put it all on the line and repeatedly. I was just having this conversation with my mother-in-law the other day. She was over and we were talking about money, something or other with her situation. And I was like, look, I'd throw it all on black. Basically, I didn't say that, but that's what we were talking about. And the reality of it is that I am 100% like that. However, I will do that when it's calculated. I'm not just looking to throw it anywhere. I'm looking to 
calculate and then be super risky because I'm confident. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm confident in the risk that I've taken. And then now I have a history, as I'm sure that you can express as well. Once you have a history of these decisions that you've been making and they're good decisions, they produce good results, and only little decisions here and there are the bad ones, then you can build this confidence about yourself in these uh, decisions. Exactly. I like that. Yep. Good. Okay. What about a good decision? Kevin, give us the juicy one. The one that was just like the (laughs) moneymaker. Good decision. Hey, if you have a solid spouse, as someone that's married, there's intuition from your other half that sometimes you don't know. You don't hear. My wife has helped me not get into things that I shouldn't. And at the same time, she was the reason I got into J29 Creative now because she encouraged me. She goes, hey, you get paid good. You can go back to a corporate world. But by your instinct, you you love entrepreneurship. That's, yeah. That is you and that's who you are. And you're a serial entrepreneur and that's what you were when you're... And she instilled that confidence back in me to, uh, hey, let's get back into the market. Let's do it. Yeah. So I think, uh, hey, if you're married and you have a good, solid marriage, yeah. um, you, you got to listen to your spouse, you, you know? That's right. That's right. I, the listeners, I think I told this on one of the pod, but I... I started a about a $400,000 business that I ended up having to close. <laughs> and my wife told me not to do it. Yep. And I didn't listen. So what you're saying is 100% accurate. And so good decisions are based out of purpose, I'm hearing you say, and listen to your spouse if you have one. Obviously, that listening of the spouse is based upon a good relationship, trust, confidence, which you have. And so you were able to be vulnerable with her and then let her push into you, which is incredible. That's how exactly. That's awesome, dude. Okay. Thank you for that. I want to know, I'm going to transition just a little bit here. When it comes to disciplines, you seem like a pretty, you're an engineer, like you're a pretty regimented person, but as an entrepreneur, it's hard to be regimented. It's hard to stay on track. In fact, I heard the other day that nobody naturally stays on track. It's the successful that choose to re get back on every time. So talk to us about discipline. What do you do to stay disciplined in the different areas of life? It could be business, could be your family, spending time with your wife, your kids, just discipline in general. Yeah, so I think um, being Asian <laughs> growing <laughs> up, you're definitely with mom and dads that drill into you about discipline. That's huge. So taking care of myself, I think your health is important. So I was a big athlete okay, back okay. in high school. I'm into martial arts. And then I did my share of bodybuilding back in the 90s. Okay. popular, competed. Do these pictures exist somewhere online? Can they, we find these? They these? do. <laughs> I love it. So, so I did the bodybuilding thing. And so it definitely requires discipline. And I try now it's a lot harder when you hit your forties and you have kids yeah, um, just to eat in, but it does affect me. So it plays such an impact exercising and having some kind of routine outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. I love you know, that. If I don't start my day eating healthy juicing or hopping on my exercise bike. It changes everything. It makes you feel better. And I think that has helped a lot. And then software, being an engineer, I ran my company. Uh, People asked me when I first started, man, why you invest so much in software solutions? And I go, it saves me time. Time's everything in business. So for me, I am a firm believer. If there's a tool out there that can help me or my team become more efficient, I can manage more accounts, sign me up. Yeah, no, that's that, that right there. I hope that you caught that as the listener, because 
you've been taking notes and this story of Kevin's is incredible, but what he just told you is how you run a successful business in 2022, because it's not just put your head down and work hard. That does get you places, but probably not to the seven figure mark, because in the seven figure mark, which we've already talked about, you have to have a team. But then in order to really build a team in today's world, like you just said, you need tools to help you and your team, which are often software tools for efficiencies, for different angles of the business, marketing, prospecting, sales, client fulfillment, I mean, tracking, you name it. Like you could probably go down a much longer list than I could, but could you imagine operating the business without those tools? (laughs) No, there's no way. No way. And to be honest, especially with marketing, I don't know why people want to do it. You can do it yourself but there is a learning curve to it. And there's guys like me and my team that look at this stuff every day and there is a learning curve. So can you make more money doing what you're good at, what your, your expertise is, or does it make sense to hire it out? So for my own business, I always look at that. Why would I want to do bookkeeping if I'm not a bookkeeper? That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Have a tool, do it. (laughs) Exactly. I love you're, you're just dropping nuggets on us and you're doing it so casually that I have to be able to point it out for the listener here, because what you just said, you're not the CPA. So you give that away, but what you are is a marketing firm. And so you actually gave your value prop there. You said, look, if the listener right now is not a marketing person, they should have a marketing person. They shouldn't be the marketing person. Not how do I market who should do my marketing. And And I see that so much as especially like you see these owners and they're like trying to and do Instagram or do all this stuff. And I'm like, are you trying to be an Instagram influencer or does it make more money selling homes? Sell some homes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I, and I think if you can dial into your purpose and you even said that earlier, you said, if I got back to my why, like I got back to what it is that I wanted, what Kevin wanted. And so I think that's even yet another uh, nugget here that the, or the, letter, the listener should be writing down is that if I understand what it is that I'm wanting, do I want to be an Instagram influencer? Okay, so then fine. But you probably still need some help to figure that out. But most likely you don't. And you need someone to do your Instagram marketing for you. So you should call Kevin. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Okay, so let's go through a speed round here, Kevin. All right. Okay. Um, I, I love this part of the show because we're going to go quick answers. And, uh, and, and hopefully it catches you with real truthful answers for the, for the listener. So first one's kind of a hard one. Maybe. We'll see. If you could only track one metric forever and ever and ever. And I know in marketing, you guys track everything. So <laughs> delineate it down for us. If you could only pick one, what would it be? Opportunities. Ooh, okay. Explain. I know what that means. Tell me what that means. Yep. So I am not a big fan of the metrics or anything like that. For me is what is an opportunity that I can track and see that becomes something more? Yep. A name, so, a lead, a prospect turns into then an opportunity, a conversation, yep. uh, a meeting, right? Yep. So for me, meetings like this is super valuable yeah. because, hey, I might not do anything with Chess, but he might know someone that needs my services. Yeah. 100%. Or maybe a new business opportunity. Who knows? And yeah. I always tell people it only takes one. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I love that. Actually, for most of the listeners who have been following along here, they know that Gathering the Kings actually stemmed from my mastermind groups, which we have for six and seven figures. And so this exact thing happened just last week in one of my groups where someone met someone in a group and what they needed, they would not have been able to cross across the table or pass across the table 
if they hadn't been in the group. So the one decision to meet me and to be part of a, a mastermind group, to meet this one person across the table, which then like literally changed. I don't know. This dude's probably going to save 200 grand in one year off of one little thing that he shared. And the other guy was like, oh, I have a solution for that. I've done it for three years. I'll give you my contact. It was incredible. So what you're saying is 100% true. It takes one person. I love it. Yep. Okay. So that leads me into uh, my next question. And we'll just go right into this one. Do you intentionally mastermind or network with other business owners? It sounds like you do. I do. I do not work with other business owners. Yep. That's awesome. And from a six-figure perspective, the next question is what book would you recommend if I'm a six-figure owner right now that I read to be able to get to where you are? I love the Art of War. Art of War. That's actually a great book. And I haven't read that in a long time. What do you like about it? So I, I love the history behind the book. And then yes. um, it does teach you a little, a lot about business and how things work, how you keep your enemies closed. A lot of these war tactics actually goes into strategizing for yeah. Yeah, the strategy piece there is obviously super in-depth. Hopefully, you're not keeping me close here today because we're... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kevin and I have, have hit it off really well, so hopefully he's not keeping me close to, to slay the dragon later. Next question. If you lost it all, Kevin, all of it's gone. The, the internet doesn't exist anymore. You can't do any more digital marketing. What would you do? Yep. I always tell this people this. It doesn't... If you've done it once, you can always do it again. I'm a firm believer and it really doesn't matter what you jump into. I think it's our pride that keep us from growing. Yeah. And just like in 2008, I lost everything. I had $1,000 in the bank and <laughs> I started over. And I have a huge story. I made a video about it. I fry chicken for my uncle who owns Chinese restaurants in the campus I graduated in. And so be willing to get your hands dirty. And for me, I'm not ashamed because at the end of the day, no one else will pay your bills for you. That's right. So you got to start somewhere. And if you lose it all, I'm okay to go work for someone and get my hands dirty. Yep. And it sounds like more than anything, you would probably end up back where you are, or at least attempting to, because you've done it once before, to your point, you're willing yep. to take the risk. You've already determined that you know what to do. And so it'd just be a matter of time and money, probably. Exactly. I love it. It's a, it becomes a repeatable process. And I think that that just extends into a, how a six-figure person gets to seven. So to recap this whole thing is you're saying that they need a team, that they need to get out of their own way, their ego, that they need to be disciplined, that they need to be purposeful in their decisions, that they need to basically be willing to do the things that maybe other people aren't. And maybe that's why not very many people get to the seven-figure mark. But for the listener, they can do exactly what you've done. You believe that? Yep, I believe that. Yep. I love it. Okay, Kevin, how can someone connect with you? Whether they've just resonated with you or if they're listening right now and they're like, dude, I need this guy to do my marketing because they need leads or they need some exposure. They need you to help them become an Instagram star. How do they contact you? Yeah, I'm super active on LinkedIn. So you can find me, um, Kevin F. Kwok, the digital marketing you can find me um, at J29Creative for everything else. Um, my business is j29creative.com. 
So if you type in at J29Creative, we're on almost every social media platform and just started our TikTok too. So we're on there. Nice. <laughs> that, that's part of it. You just got to be there. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. The value that you brought here today is is invaluable, really. You've dropped so much on us and I hope that the listener was paying attention. I know from listening and, and I'm sitting at the same table you are and I'm better because of what you've given here today. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.